Welcome to Mystery with a History. This is a podcast that looks at the who, what, when, where, and tries to find the why in a mystery. I'm Anomaly. And I'm Katie. Welcome to episode 15. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 15. Our podcast is going through puberty. It really is. (laughs) How awful. (laughs) This explains why I'm so sweaty and anxious. Yeah, it's the worst. How are you doing? I'm good. We are gearing up for our cruise to the Bahamas. Uh, you lucky duck. I'm very excited. I I just love that we're two adults going on a Disney cruise. It's like the most Disney adult thing you could possibly do. Yeah. But that's okay. I love it. I'm living for it. Yeah. All right. Well, since we are a new podcast, we ask that if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star rating and review us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at Mystery with a History Pod, and Facebook and Twitter at Mystery with a History Podcast. Check out our shiny new website, mysterywithahistory.com, where you can listen to episodes, see our, all of our sources with links to the original article, and email us with ideas for future episodes and feedback. Don't you want to be the first one to email us? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell them that. <laughs> We're so lonely, guys. Come on. We have some show ideas. Come on. Yeah, right? I would love that because I'm... <laughs> I have a list and it's starting to dwindle, (laughs) which brings us to today's topic, which is something I, you told me about it a few days ago and I'm like, I've never heard of that and I'm not even going to look it up because I want to be surprised. There you go. Well, it is surprising. (laughs) Today, we are going to be talking about the mysterious disappearance of Louis Le Prince. Ooh, he sounds very fancy. He is very fancy. (laughs) Well, since the holidays anomaly, I have been reading a ton of mystery books. And lately, the kind of mysteries I'm hooked on are the ones that are like in an isolated setting. So the murderer has to be part of the group because nobody else can come and go. Yes, I love those. Yes. So I guess that's why I decided to pick this mystery today. It involves a nonstop train trip, a missing man, his missing paperwork, and a very high stakes race. Oh, my goodness. All right, Anomaly, our story today is going to center around the year 1890. Idaho and Wyoming gained their statehood. Vincent Van Gogh died, and Colonel Sanders of KFC fame was born. Benjamin Harrison, who New York Magazine named the most forgotten president, was sitting in the White House, though you probably don't remember it. I certainly don't. It was also a time of invention. Patents and the race to be the first to claim something could mean big money and fame. But first, let's go back just a little bit farther. Louis Aimé Augustine Le Prince was born on August 28, 1841 in Metz, France. His father, a French military officer, was friends with Louis Daguerre. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, I don't. All right. Well, Daguerre is famous in the photography world oh. as 
yes. as the inventor of the daguerreotype. <laughs> and he's also the inventor of the modern photographic process. Awesome. Now, this is important because Daguerre taught young Louis Le Prince all about chemistry and photography. Le Prince went on to study chemistry and physics in college. And after graduation, he met an engineer named John Whitley and moved to Leeds, England to work for Whitley's engineering company. And in 1869, he met and married an artist named Elizabeth Lizzie Whitley, who's also John's sister. Together, Le Prince and Lizzie started the Leeds Technical School of Art. In 1881, Le Prince and Lizzie moved to America and settled in New York. Le Prince, because of his interest in photography and engineering, began working on cameras that could capture motion pictures. He created a 16-lens camera in 1886 and then the Le Prince single-lens cine camera. So on October 14, 1888, in Hay Garden, in a suburb of Leeds, England, Le Prince's family and friends were having a gathering. Le Prince set up his wooden camera and had them walk in a circle in front of the lens. And what Le Prince captured was the very first, very short first motion picture called the Hay Garden scene. It was two seconds in length. He and Lizzie also used this camera to capture people walking across the Leeds Bridge. These two short films were arguably the first real motion pictures ever created. And there's even a historic marker sign at the bridge to note the significant event. And what year was this? I'm sorry. It was 1888. Oh, wow. That is early. Yes. So Le Prince was never credited for this monumental moment in cinematography. Instead, if you do a quick Google search, you'll probably find that Thomas Edison and the Lumiere brothers from France have been given credit as the inventors of movies. In fact, there were quite a few people working on inventing a motion picture. It was a race to see who could not only capture the images, but also create a way to project moving images for an audience to see. Mm. Many historians believe that Le Prince had created a way to do just that. He was scheduled to appear at his home in New York in September of 1890 to show off his creation. But just days before, Le Prince disappeared and was never seen again. What? Yep. In September of 1890, Le Prince had traveled plans to return home to the United States and show his invention. His wife, Lizzie, was in New York, and she had arranged a theater space for this big unveiling. Now, before Le Prince returned, he had some family business in France to attend to. His mother had recently passed away, and so he wanted to visit his brother Albert in Dijon, France, before heading home. He was traveling with his friends, the Wilsons. On September 16, 1890, Le Prince's brother Albert reported that he took Le Prince to the station with all of his luggage, his presentation materials for New York, and all of his paperwork, including his patents. Le Prince took a later train than his friends, the Wilsons. It was a nonstop express train from Dijon to Paris. His brother was the last person to see him off at the station, and Le Prince was never seen again. He was 49 years old. Whoa. Not a single passenger interviewed by the police later recalled seeing Le Prince on the train. He was six foot four, which was quite tall, especially for 1890. And he wow. had these, like, distinguished big mutton-chop sideburns. Mm. So he wasn't an easy man to miss in a crowd. He was very recognizable. 
His luggage, his documents, and his patents, his body, nothing was ever found. So no one but Albert can say he got on the train. The train was nonstop, so it's not like he got off and disappeared midway. The French police searched the tracks along the line and never found any of his papers or his body. No witnesses placed him on the train. No witnesses placed him at the station in Paris. He literally vanished. What? Yes. Wow. He literally vanished days before he was supposed to unveil this, like, world-changing invention. hmm Right. Oh, my goodness. So, there are a ton of theories about what happened to Legrand. So, let's start with probably the simplest explanation, suicide or a planned disappearance. It was speculated that Le Prince was bankrupt, and some assumed that he secretly died by suicide or perhaps disappeared to escape debt and start a new life somewhere else. But sources are sketchy on this. Some claim that the records of his businesses don't back up this claim. Some sources say that his business was doing just fine. Some say that he was kind of independently wealthy with family money. You know, his mother had just passed away. And some say that he was completely flat out broke. So depending on the source, I guess, gives legitimacy to this or not. Okay. Plus, Le Prince was literally on his way to unveiling his life's work. This would be a strange time to voluntarily disappear. The possibility of securing the patent for motion pictures would have made him rich. I mean, it would have secured his future. Yeah. Yeah. He had made future plans to show his inventions. He was super proud of his work. And so the idea of Le Prince taking his life in the middle of this trip seems highly unlikely. Mm-mm. I mean, it, no. it just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, I'm not buying that at all. He had too much going for him. Right. And I mean, you can't predict the mental health of someone else. But, you know, most people don't make all these future plans. Mm-hmm. Imminent future plans if they're planning right. on something like this. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Anomaly. So we're not buying that one. So the next theory offered is fratricide. Some speculate that Le Prince was killed by his brother, Albert. Now, it is a likely explanation because, you know, maybe he just never got on the train at all. There are no witnesses placing him on that train. Right. So did Albert kill his brother, Louis, either out of anger or perhaps to gain money from their recently deceased mother's estate? So the family says no. From letters left behind, the two brothers seem to share a close and loving relationship. Some say that Albert was a wealthy man in his own right, and some other sources say that Albert was deeply in debt and owed Louis a ton of money. So, you know... (laughs) It, it just depends on which sources you read. Right, exactly. Ugh. I mean, the family says there wouldn't have been much monetary motive to fight over the estate. But author Paul Fisher, in his book, The Man Who Invented Motion Pictures, A True Tale of Obsession, Murder, and Movies, suspects Albert. He claims that Albert never reported his brother missing and even discouraged Lizzie and family from coming to France to investigate Louis' disappearance. Oh, okay now. So, I mean, it is a theory that makes sense because literally the only thing that explains the situation is that Louis never got on the train to start with. Because mm-hmm. once he was on the train, there was no way off. So Right. 
And you, because you said the only person who could vouch for the fact that he was on the train was his brother, right? Yes. So he could have just been making that up. He could have made it up. I mean, and Louis's travel plans, according to the Wilsons, the friends who were his travel companions, Mm -hmm. they said his plans were kind of loosey goosey. So, like, they didn't know Mm. exactly which train he was getting on or when exactly he would arrive to Paris. They just knew they would Mm. get there first. So the fact that he wasn't missed for a few days or a few weeks wasn't unusual since nobody knew exactly what his travel itinerary was. Yeah. But the fact that Albert didn't report him missing either is a little strange. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That one just seems kind of weird. Absolutely. All right. Next up, our favorite, a potential tinfoil hat theory. (laughs) Could this all be a government cover-up? Oh. So in 2015, David Wilkinson, a filmmaker from Leeds, England, created a documentary called The First Film in an effort to prove that Le Prince was the rightful creator of motion pictures. And during the creation of this documentary, Wilkinson received a phone tip that Le Prince wasn't the only notable person killed in France during the time of Le Prince's disappearance. So in France during this period, it was it was really politically unstable. There was a lot of violence. There were rumblings of maybe even upheaval like that could potentially be another revolution. And so the theory goes is that the French government sent out agents to stop subversives. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Le Prince was a French-born inventor with a very significant invention, but working outside of France and getting these patents in places like America and England may have made the French government target him as a subversive during this time of upheaval. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting theory. So, I mean, there's no evidence to support it. It's just that there are, you know, this person who gave this tip for this documentary said that he's not the only person with inventions and patents kind of on the verge of coming up with new technology that maybe were snuffed out during this time. Right. Okay. Well, hmm. I mean, it sounds plausible. In fact, the man who invented the diesel engine. Mm Mm-hmm. He also died mysteriously around the same time period. Whoa. They ruled his a suicide, but he apparently fell overboard on a trip across the English Channel. Oh, whoops. Yeah. So it was kind of a similar type situation. Uh, Yeah, definitely. All right, Anomaly, I feel like we should include UFOs on this list just because (laughs) they make an appearance in every episode. You know, <laughs> I mean, he did. He disappeared without a trace. Uh, yeah. His stuff was never found. His body was never recovered. Perhaps Le Prince was abducted. So I didn't actually see this theory anywhere but in my own head. But I figure it wouldn't be a mystery with a history episode without it. So it really I'm, wouldn't be. I'm throwing that in there. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that my um, Edgar Allan Poe last week didn't have a UFO theory. <laughs> I mean, you know, somebody out there has written an article that Edgar Allan Poe was really an alien and went back to his home planet. (laughs) That's right. You know, someone's written that. It's got to be out there. (laughs) If not, I'm writing it myself. (laughs) All right, Anomaly, here is my last theory and probably one of the most weird, but also one of the most compelling ones out there. Are you ready for this? I am. Maybe Legrand was murdered by other cinematographers. Hmm. Now, 
Some seriously believe that Thomas Edison had Le Prince killed to stop him from showing off his invention. And this theory was actually held by Lizzie, his widow. I mean, she firmly believed that Thomas Edison was absolutely behind his disappearance. Wow. Um, That's, yeah, that's intriguing. It's a a bold statement, right? (laughs) Yeah. She thought that maybe if he wasn't murdered, then he was certainly kidnapped by Edison and held somewhere in America. So, I mean, I guess it's not too wild of a speculation because Le Prince was working during a time when dozens of inventors and corporations were competing to be the first to come up with moving pictures. Mm -hmm. And everyone knew that the first one to succeed and secure patents would not only get famous, but there was also a lot of money on the line. Right. The potential financial gains were certainly motive. Plus, it doesn't help that Edison was known to be cutthroat in the corporate and legal spheres. Some historians paint him as a smart businessman who used collaborative research to forward technology, and some say that he used his money and power to claim patents and sue smaller companies into submission and take advantage of small investor mm. inventors. Was he like was I mean, he like the Jeff Bezos of the 19th century? He was he was apparently, I mean, Like I said, it depends on which sources you're reading from. You know, some people just say he's a very smart businessman and some people say he was quite ruthless. In fact, they say he had like moles in the patent office that would tip him off when like certain new inventions were being filed Mm. so he could get out there and try to like get in front of it. Um, Some say that he would take on small inventors as business partners and then kind of like buy them out and then completely cut them out of the business and take credit for their inventions. I I believe it. I mean, I feel like in that time you had to be cutthroat. I mean, he, he wanted to be number one. And, and Edison had something like over a thousand patents, which, you know, would be, I mean, that's pretty impossible for one man to, to to believe that he conceived everything that he patented. I mean, if you just Google the Tesla Edison relationship, Mm -hmm. The opinions on those two men and their working relationship are endless. You know, some people say that they had a good working relationship and that Edison treated him Mm -hmm. fairly. Some people say that Edison basically stole everything from Tesla. Mm. So Mm -hmm. anyway, it's it all depends on who you're reading. So Thomas Edison's company had a competitor during this time, the American Mudoscope Company. And they were suing Edison over patent disagreements, claiming that Le Prince was the rightful inventor of motion pictures. This was after Le Prince's mm-hmm. disappearance. There was a lawsuit that lasted for years over a patent called Equity 6928. Louis Le Prince's son, Adolf, was the witness for the defense, and he proved that a woman that appeared in Le Prince's garden movie died shortly after it was filmed in 1888. So that proved that his film had to be made before Edison's kinetoscope and kinetograph in 1891. Oh, wow. I mean, this woman died days after they filmed that little short two-second movie. So that proved that it had to be pre-1888. Right. Uh This testimony, though, was not allowed in court. (gasps) Family members like Lizzie believed that Louis had been kidnapped, and she and they hoped that if they could prove that Edison had no claim, he would release Le Prince. So they staked a lot of hope and a ton of emotion on the verdict. 
Edison won the lawsuit and LaPrince remained missing. But to make matters even stranger, right before this verdict was later reversed, Adolf, the son, was found dead in 1901 in New York. Wow. His body was found with gunshot wounds during a duck shoot. Now, it was never determined if it was murder, accident, or self-inflicted, but the timing was very strange to his family. Mm, like so, an actual duck shoot, like where they went out shooting ducks? Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, it could have been a hunting accident. Yeah. It could have been murder, or he could have shot himself. They, they're not sure what Ooh. happened. Oh, goodness. But the timing, I mean, he died just before the judge was going to turn around this verdict in, in their favor. So to make matters weirder, when I was doing some research into the Edison-LaPrince connection, I came across an article in a periodical entitled Materials Today. Now, Materials Today is a trade publication for the materials science community. Oh, fascinating. It's kind of one of those boring work magazines (laughs) that people put on their coffee tables. (laughs) Anyway, there was an opinion piece entitled The Disappearance of Louis LaPrince. Now, the opinion part was a little weird, and the article was even stranger considering the source. Now, the author claims that a graduate student, while doing research in a New York public library, was going through the archives and going through Edison's work journals and found an entry from September 20th, 1890, just four days after Le Prince supposedly boarded boarded his train in Dijon. The entry from the Edison Journal says, quote, Eric called me today from Dijon. It has been done. Prince is no more. This is good news, but I flinched when he told me murder is not my thing. I'm an inventor and my inventions for moving images can now move forward, end quote. Wow. <laughs> now, The author claims that the graduate student had the librarian and a handwriting expert, which were both named, authenticate the entry. I'm calling phony baloney on this whole thing (laughs) because some really great Internet sleuths out there went through and tried to find this librarian, the graduate student, and the historian who can authenticate handwriting. Mm -hmm. And none of these people seem to exist. Oh, man. And besides, if there was verified proof that Edison was involved in a conspiracy like the murder of another inventor, then surely it would be a bigger story than an opinion piece in a small trade journal. Absolutely. And don't call me Shirley. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to. Plus, I would imagine a guy like Edison. I mean, Edison probably had a huge ego. And yeah. you know he kept these journals for posterity. He knew that his thoughts and his processes would be archived one day. Yeah, totally. And so I seriously doubt that he would be dumb enough to write a confession of, Mm-mm. you know, to conspiracy to commit murder. Yeah. In a work journal. Right. <laughs> yeah. We did right? this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sounds like a setup or a, a fake. Yeah. It's just, it's an interesting example of the strange places that research can take mm-hmm. you when you're diving down a rabbit hole of totally. Weirdness. Yeah. Despite all the conspiracies, I think that Legrand's great, great granddaughter, Laurie Snyder, probably has the most likely solution. She believes that he was killed, but not by Edison or any other cinematographers of the day. She speculates that he must have taken a later train than his brother even realized. That is why he missed connecting with his friends, the Wilsons, 
and she thinks that he must have taken a handsome cab and was probably murdered and thrown into the Seine by some robbers. Oh. Now, based on letters and memoirs from the family, she certainly doesn't believe that he was killed by his brother, and mm-hmm. she doesn't buy the whole Edison thing either. And, I mean, honestly, that sounds like the the probably the most likely solution. Yeah, now that makes more sense than anything, really. Yeah, because, I mean, France was, I'm sure Paris in the late 1800s was probably a pretty sketchy place to hang out at night anyway. Oh, yeah. And, the you know, a, a wealthy man traveling with paperwork and documents and suitcases was probably a target in the middle of the night. It's just so strange, though, that after 130 years, like, not a scrap of paperwork, not yeah. nothing. I mean, nothing was found. He's a six-foot-four man. That's a hard body to hide. Like, yeah. It seems so strange that all these years later, he's never been found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think maybe like somebody would have bragged about it. Like, hey, we rolled this guy and the story would have gotten out. I mean, that's what seems to happen all the time. Yeah, he would have been fished out at some point in time. Yeah, that too. In 2003, a photograph of a drowned man from 1890 was found in the Paris Police Archives. The man had been found in the Seine, and his body was photographed. Now, many believed this was proof that Le Prince had either taken his own life or maybe his family's belief that he was robbed was correct. But it has since been dismissed because the body that in this photograph was too short to be that of the tall Le Prince. Yeah. So, Sorry. I mean... In conclusion, Louis Le Prince was declared legally dead in 1897 so his family could get some closure and mm-hmm. move on and close out his estate. Oh, well, good. Oh, man, what a shame. I know. He had this bright future ahead of him. He had a bright future. Dang. So, Anomaly, who was the father of cinematography? Well, there's no clean answer. In 1894, Edison took the claim as the American inventor of the kinetograph and the kinetoscope and the inventor of 35-millimeter film. But what Edison actually invented versus what he claims is rather dubious. And in France, the Lumiere brothers were marked as the makers of the cinematography device and hosted the first movie showing in 1895. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have the word cinema in our vocabulary because of these French brothers. I think many film historians will make a case for Louis Le Prince, though, as the rightful, though mostly unknown, father of cinematography. His two-second film may not have been the most exciting, but they were the first of their kind, and there are more and more people recognizing his achievement. Uh, Lucy Davidson from HistoryHit.com wrote, quote, However in Leeds, Le Prince is celebrated as a local hero. In 1930, a bronze memorial tablet was unveiled at his former workshop, and a department at Leeds University was named after him. In France, an appreciation society called l'Association des Amis de la Prince, Association of La Prince's Friends, was created and still exists in Lyon, end quote. And that, my dear, is the story of the strange disappearance of Louis Le Prince. Wow, that is so interesting. Right? I mean, how mysterious, but I I think it must have been that he took a different train. Yeah. And just because no one saw him on the train that he was supposed to be on, right? Right, right. Yeah. Mm. I could see how people could come up with a lot of um, interesting theories on that. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes total sense that you would say, well, he either had to disappear before and his brother Albert had something to do with Mm -hmm. it. Or like you said, he got on a different train. The witnesses wouldn't have seen him because he wasn't even on the train the police thought he was supposed to be on. Yeah. I bet it was something as boring as just a, you know, a robbery maybe that went wrong. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, that is That's really why sad. it's so important. Tell your friends of your travel plans <laughs> when right. you make them and stick Absolutely. to it. Yeah. Moral of the story. Keep people abreast of your plans. Tell them your plans. Tell them where you're going and don't change your plans without letting That's them That's right. Don't take a different train. Yeah. Oy. Don't do it. And that brings us to the end of our story. We really hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. You can find all our sources for this episode on our website, mysterywithahistory.com. Follow Mystery with a 